Hello, and thank you for joining us. I am your host, soulful business and leadership coach, Jeffrey Biesecker. We are all on the journey to discover the light inside, that beacon which guides us to live our truest, most authentic self. This is episode 65. Our guest today encourages us all to explore our goddess within. Going on to share that, yes, even us dudes have a goddess hidden somewhere within us. Through her coaching practice, Persephone's Jewels, Lucy Smith is guiding others towards building self-esteem and identity exploration filtered through the lens of the Greek goddess. American singer, songwriter, actress, author, and television personality, Kelly Clarkson tells us, confidence is seen, not heard. Yet we all deserve to feel heard, validated, hopeful, inspired, motivated, and empowered. We discover that by accepting authorship and ownership in life, you can achieve this all with a simple belief in yourself. We can all rise above our story with an affirmative hell yes you can attitude. Lucy shows us how you can change your identity with inspiration, building a new life starting with a single thought. And when you boost your connection to source, you can be happy, fulfilled, and loved exactly for who you are. Our discussion today will enlighten your mind and nourish your heart, giving you the tools to turn soot into gold. Join us to find out how on this episode of The Light Inside. Do you struggle with maintaining your energy and mental focus throughout the day? I know I do. The folks at NeuroGum have always believed that the best version of ourselves starts with the mind. That's why they've dedicated the past five years to creating great tasting products that conveniently and effectively get us in the right state of mind at the right time. Four simple, healthy, and thoughtfully curated ingredients and endless lab testing ensure you can reach the right state of mind safely and consistently. Every phase of their production is done intently to create the most effective product. NeuroGum products help shift your mindset with ease and flow. Their functional gum and mints are shortcuts to the ideal state of mind, delivering just the right amount of what you need to energize, calm, and focus your mind in the moment. So if you struggle to find the mental focus and energy throughout your day, try NeuroGum and Mints by visiting GetNeuro.com today. That's G-E-T-N-E-U-R-O.com. Refresh your state of mind with Neuro. They get the mental game, helping you stay in the zone. Our guest, Lucy Smith, joins us today to teach us all how to rock our inner goddess. Lucy reminds us that we all shine like a unique jewel as she empowers each of us to shine the light that lights us up inside. Hi, Lucy. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are you? Doing well. That's awesome. All right. (laughs) Well, I am excited to finally meet up with you and get to sit down and share this conversation with you. I'm really excited. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to switch to the gallery view. Awesome. The light is inside and also in my face. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bit of a environmental hazard, but yeah. Yeah. I want to dive in a little bit. I want to get, you know, are you open to talking a little bit about your background and your history with the traumas you experienced? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, yeah, that gives us kind of that reference. And then I want to dive in hard about looking at becoming more self-confident, developing that self-confidence and owning your true self, your true identity. Bring that back around so we can dive into your practice of finding that inner goddess relating to the Greek goddesses. That's a really neat angle for me. So it's definitely a different approach for us to dive in today. 
looking back at that and reading back, you know, a little bit about how you spelled that out, because there's so much we can learn when we take a look at those Greek goddesses and what they each represent. So I'm really thrilled to look at that today and dive in and learn from that. Not just the gals out there. We want to guide that to the gals to find that inner goddess, because what gal doesn't want to be that goddess, but also the gentlemen out there to look at that with an open mind and say, what can we learn from the ladies? Because those ladies, so often have so many valuable lessons for us guys to just sit down, shut up, enjoy the ride and learn a little bit from. (laughs) No, that is really refreshing to hear. That is really refreshing to hear. Oh my God. We have to be available to find the lessons that guide us to that light in life. Sometimes it takes the light of those outstanding, lovely young ladies in our lives to guide us to that. (laughs) Absolutely. I think this bullshit hierarchy, social hierarchy is irrelevant when it comes to the grand scheme of all things. You know, we're all interlocked. We're all connected. No doubt. No doubt. I totally support that. And that's such a a beautiful thing to consider because in that we truly do move into where each of us can become the best we can for ourselves. And there again, when we look at that notion of hierarchy, we look back through some of this historical past and that was not always the case. You know, it's not always been the case where societies have been male dominated. Mm -hmm. We look at that notion of the Greek societies in particular, the female identity was elevated. The female identity was revered because that was where the source of all wisdom and life flowed from. I love looking at that angle. Let's dive in a little today. Share with us a little bit about your history and your past and where you relate to the traumas you've had, what things you've dealt with that have been these challenges that challenged your sense of self-worth and your sense of identity. Sure. Uh, Well, I was bullied my entire life, literally my entire life, every single year in school up until and including college. Yeah. And it was never really easy for me to fit in. So I kind of retreated Mm. into like a fantasy world and I spent a lot of time watching cartoons and reading comics and basically like anything to get me away from the mental state of stress that I was constantly in, like stress having to fulfill social, you know, check boxes that don't exist or just these (laughs) limits we impose on ourselves because we think that makes it easier for us to fit in. Mm. We'll have a better time fitting in if we do X, Y, and Z, if we look like X, Y, and Z. And so trying to navigate that as a young girl was very overwhelming, very stressful. So I was like, I'm just going to sit in a corner and draw. Mm. And then when people called me on it, they were like, hey, you're being antisocial. I was like... (laughs) (laughs) Now all of a sudden the roles are flipped and it's back on you. Never mind that kids can be so (laughs) relentless and brutal. Even at a very young age, kids can be absolutely (laughs) horrific to other kids. Yeah, absolutely. I'm such a strong... I'm, I am a, I am a proponent. Does that make sense? (laughs) I am a stand for anti-bullying of all kinds. And I strongly believe that it starts at home. I believe that it's has to do with how the parents raise the kids Mm -hmm. because that's what the kids are taking in. Kids are like little sponges up until 25, you know, brains are still cooking. They're still absorbing everything. They're impressionable. So it starts, it really, it has to do with having responsible parents in my opinion. You know, that emotion, Emotional IQ. We talk about that a lot throughout life. I don't know if that's a familiar term with you, but emotional IQ sometimes is not relevant to the actual chronological age of an individual either. You know, some of us become very stunted in our growth, even into adulthood, where we're stuck in some of these childhood patterns of being and these childhood ways of existing. Yeah. And it can make it hard for us to kind of move uh into the the grand flow of i'm picturing yeah. like finding nemo where all the fish are going into the one finding nemo what what was the phrase in finding nemo swim to the light swim to the yeah, light true. was it not touch the butt touch the butt <laughs> but the light i didn't get it well i had it wrong okay well, <laughs> that might be a whole different swim to something <laughs> I'm still standing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you got your stream of fish and then you got Dory out there going. <laughs> 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 
she does her own thing. She finds her way eventually. And I think it's just because she's authentic and true to herself. I don't think she gets mm. lost out there. I think she really just is on her own journey, yeah. which is a yeah. very, very important distinction to make. We're all on our own journey to find the way. So I guess in and of itself, I've, I've redeemed myself today because mm-hmm. that is where the lesson lies. We're all on that journey to find our way and to find ourselves and figure our way down that path. Mm -hmm. So in that experience, how did that affect you over the long haul? The obvious is there, but personally, what come to light from that? You know, how did you experience that? Yeah, um, I took it very, very personally. I was depressed since I want to say second grade, first or second grade. Mm. And I didn't know, of course, what to call it. And it was kind of taboo to talk about those things. Yeah. You know, you didn't talk about mental illness. And to this day, I got lambasted over social media for suggesting that someone enroll in therapy. Mm. It was like, who are you to suggest therapy? Wow. How dare you suggest therapy? I was like, since when did therapy become a bad thing? Since when did that become an yeah, insult? Yeah. You're such I had stigmatism. Like, yeah, yeah. And to infer that uh, no one has experienced uh, trauma that needs fixing yeah. is just blatantly a lie. It's unrealistic. We all have our own baggages throughout life. Exactly. We learn most of that baggage before the age of seven years old. Before the age of seven years old, we form those thoughts and ways of feeling those patterns throughout life. That becomes that inner child we carry throughout the entirety of our life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as we age, as we get older, as we learn our talents, our likes and dislikes, uh, we can use what we've learned in the past. We can use our stuff or our shit, essentially, and we can... Grow flowers out of it. We can make this my book, Shameless Self Promotion. The blossom coming out of the dirt, um, essentially, you know, making something productive and beautiful out of essentially all the the trauma that brought you to Mm. where you are. It takes that dirt for that beautiful flower to grow. So I love looking at that today. So share with us a little bit about the book now that we've ventured into that. Mm -hmm. Give us a little overview about the book and how that come to be. Yeah, so it's the subtitle is an illustrated 100% uncensored memoir of a girl with mental illness Mm -hmm. written and illustrated and designed by me, all of the graphic design, even the interiors. And basically it reads like exactly what it says. Exactly, an illustrated journal. So you have the, how am I even doing this on camera? You have written the prose and then you have the odd illustrations. So this is me kind of laying there depressed in bed. I was actually there the other day, actually. (laughs) You know, because this pandemic is super rough. That's powerful. That's powerful. What a great reflection of actually being able to submerge and feel that from a very personal level. So that is a very cool, very interesting, unique look at conveying that story and helping others. Definitely. And I think having the talent or predisposition to be able to kind of swim in the deep and kind of just be in it. Yeah. Um, makes a lot of people uncomfortable. So I notice, you know, people try to change the subject or people will, if I'm in a group setting, people will be like, oh, let's move on, (laughs) which I'm I'm completely used to, you know, but it still makes me think like, oh, why why don't we want to explore this? Why don't we want to venture deep and figure out what makes us tick so we can make things better? You know, therein lies that stigmatism that blocks the ability for us to connect. Yes. We look at those ideas of simply feeling heard. So often that's pushed back. We don't talk about that. Mm -hmm. We don't acknowledge that. There's that fear of it that comes into play. There's the fear of being misunderstood. And I think to a certain degree, you just have to get over that. I mean, people are, people are going to misunderstand you no matter what you do or say. Like, I could, wear, I could wear a bright pink shirt and walk out into the middle of the street and people be like, oh, she's a super girly girl. And meanwhile, the rest of my closet is filled with black and lace and corsetry and all that fun stuff. So people are always going to have their own story, but it's your story that really matters. In the long run. Yeah. You know, we all deserve to feel heard, validated, hopeful, inspired, motivated, empowered to take a quote directly from you and your website, from you and your program. We all seek those (laughs) simple states of being understood. It's true. Yeah. And there's so many ways you can do that. 
there's so many ways you can explore because what hits home for some mm. may not hit home for everyone else. So you do have the girly girls, the girls who are very into image and beauty and makeup and uh, self-transformation on the outside. And then you also have those who are more uh, concentrated on the inside, who are more concerned with uh, spiritual transformation and how they let that kind of bubble from the inside until the outside can reflect what's on the inside. And I think that's super fascinating as well. You speak so often to that power of knowing thyself, where that true identity lies. What are some of the lessons we can learn in each of the Greek goddesses, which will empower us with that new insight to who we are, both as a female and as a male? Uh, overall, I mean, we'll, we'll go down the line, of course, but overall, I want to say it's about getting to know yourself and getting really excited about what lights you up and realizing what doesn't light you up. I think a lot of people are like, what are you into? Yeah. You know, when you go on a date, what do you do? Um, what are your hobbies? Mm -hmm. And I think those are all well and good, but it's also important to keep in mind what you don't like, you know, because that, that shapes your personality and who you are as well. And so you, once you look at that, the key is analysis. You look at that and you say, well, why don't I like those things? Why did, for example, this thing, my roommate did the other day why did that piss me off so much what is that trigger that's really bringing out these negative emotions in me and how can i turn that into something productive what can i do how can i generate my own evolution through that yes so all of these seven goddesses have their strengths and weaknesses um for example uh we can start with aphrodite Aphrodite likes to be first anyway so uh, Aphrodite, the goddess of love and beauty, we study her when we're looking at a client's love life because your relationship with someone else starts with your relationship with yourself. <laughs> so essentially, when we study Aphrodite, we look at how they're relating to themselves and how that influences their relation to other people. And a supplementary goddess to go to the relationship realm would be Hera, who is the queen of the skies, Zeus's wife. Of course, that's what she's known for. Aside from, you know, being the goddess of marriage and the goddess of childbirth, she's also Zeus's wife. And how many other famous women out there are only known for being the wife? Amal Clooney, for example. So is she? Oh, she's George Clooney's wife. Yeah, but what else, what else does she do? Uh, <laughs> so that's a reflection of the, the Hera archetype in our culture. Yeah. But what Amal yeah. did is she started making a name for herself with her charity work and all the things that she's doing that has mm. you know, have relatively like little to nothing to do with her husband. Of course, they do it together because they're yeah. a pair. They're a couple. Yeah. They work in tandem. But she is no longer just the wife. George Clooney's wife, you know, what is her name? Her name is Amal, but we refer to her as George Clooney's wife. <laughs> that happens so often throughout society, throughout our actions. It's true, yeah. Even in those notions of that ideal of the power couple. Yeah. How do each of those individuals forge their own identity, but balance that mm -hmm. with the notion of being part of that pair of that couple, you know, and that's such a challenge. Mm -hmm. The key is balance. Yes. When there's, there's imbalance, that's when things <laughs> Yeah. As it know, is to all things. One little thing that's out of the scale, and the entire thing goes, how fair to the other side, you know, who's like kind of up here, like, oh my God, there's nothing to weigh me down. Help, yeah. help. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> I want to dive back to aphrodite a little bit okay. and you relayed on the website that mm -hmm. she is associated with those ideas of self-esteem look at that and that's confidence that sense of fire you know that passion for life and resiliency being a big one that we don't often associate with self-esteem you know we always talk to ourselves with that notion that being empowered are those more dominant traits those more assertive traits yeah. that notion of self-esteem hinges so much on the fact that you can confidently be vulnerable but not be victimized Yes, right. Because femininity is not weakness. And that's yet another stigma that our society has ingrained into the brains of, I mean, I think it's, it's um, yeah. changing. Yeah. It's, it's morphing, you know, because more and more parents are realizing, Hey, like gender roles are stupid. Like, let's just let the kids do what makes them happy. <laughs> you know, if a little so-and-so wants to wear dresses and play with trucks, you know, just to be the stupid cliche example. 
And hey, let them. Yeah. What do I care? Yeah. What makes them happy? But uh, going back to Aphrodite, yeah, it's it's about being cool with yourself. Uh, no matter what kind of things people say about you, um, Aphrodite, <laughs> oof, it's, a, it's a lengthy subject. But in the past, the Christian church came along and then all of a sudden women exercising their power were demonic <laughs> and sinful and hateful. Yes. And then you have uh, the archetype of the witch who uses her fatalish, you know, powers to kind of, and then that's where it crosses into kind of Persephone territory because then you have the scary woman who's okay with yeah. darkness and okay yeah. with being feminine and, you know, rah. We ventured down that path a little bit a while back with our guest, Catherine Clarenbach, where we looked at her Wiccan beliefs and how that tied in and where a lot of those perceptions come into play, where a lot of historical significance become, again, those stigmas and judgments we place on another based on our beliefs. We have to, me, reel back and say, where do our beliefs cross a line and trample on another, no matter where they're rooted? I think it's important to be cognizant of, you know, because the more you realize, the more you're cognizant of, the more you can control. This, of course, makes things more productive and more helpful. I I use the word productive a lot because I'm really, I I love productivity and I love evolution and keeping everything moving and (laughs) just letting people get better, helping people be the best versions of themselves because no one can be absolutely perfect at everything. No. That language to me is so crucial in all that we do. We learn so many of those patterns and Mm -hmm. repeat and reflect and project out so many of those patterns in the type of language we use. So much of it is conditioned. We look at growth that can become in and of itself in some circumstances, a sticking point. How can we move forward? How can we make something out of this? Productive. Yeah. Yeah. Think of in a manner generally that is inherently positive It's shifting that balance a little. I love that idea. You know, is this productive? It's a creationary process also. That's a creationary process. Growth can also be a creationary process, but it's all in those subtle differences, no matter how you wrap it. (laughs) In a little such a long way. (laughs) So let's, let's jump back into looking at our goddesses, Artemis. Another fabulous Greek goddess that we learn the art from Artemis of independence. Yeah, that was cheesy. <laughs> I will that. I am king of cheese and king of cliches. <laughs> We're talking about gods and goddesses and royal notions and whatnot. I am the king of cheesy cliche. I will cop to that all day. So let's jump back. You know, that's the embodiment with Artemis and that notion of independence of owning who you truly are, identifying with the true self, the true me inside. Mm -hmm. What can you share from your perspective? How do we discover that true me? How do we uncover all those layers that others have put upon us in those judgments, in those instances where you're bullied, you feel like you're not significant. You're not the person that you truly are. The first step is to remove all that, to take off the layer. Um, you know, we, we let people's beliefs pile and pile upon us like they're some kind of heavy cloak. And then we're, yeah. we're sitting under this weighted blanket and we're like, how can I ever get out of this? And it seems counterintuitive, but the first step is to stop caring. And that's essentially what Artemis does is she does her own thing. Yeah. Um, she has her own realm, much like Persephone has her own realm. Artemis is happiest in the outdoors, in the woods. It's where she can explore. She can be free. She can do her, her own thing. She can have her own ways of doing things. And that's important to girls who are struggling to find the independence in themselves is they need to be able to be the lumberjack, the, the, I hesitate to say bear grills, but the female bear grills, no, no, none of that weird stuff, <laughs> you know, just being able to find your own way in this huge, complicated mess that we call life and really just own it yeah. and be comfortable going back there and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm totally fine being alone. I love nature. I love all that this has to offer me and I'm okay. Just sitting in it. I'm, I'm okay. Just, you know, being one with the earth, regaining my power from the earth and going from there. Artemis, I kind of see as the rebellious lesbian in school who is 
completely um, does not regard or care about uh, the stigma of presentation or aesthetics, what you're supposed to look like. She does what makes her comfortable. It may border on uh, androgynous in the same vein as Athena would border on androgynous because neither of those goddesses are particularly concerned with sexuality, although sexuality does play a part in everything. But focus. Yeah, we're looking at the ideas there of masculine and feminine energy that we all embody, you know, that we so often talk about on the program. Masculine and feminine energy is that balance of all the energy within us, but it tends to lean one way or another toward a certain characteristic or a certain power within. Yeah. And then we kind of uh, categorize everything under that. (laughs) (laughs) It helps us make sense of it all. Ultimately, what makes sense makes meaning. We look back at those ideas of finding that independence Mm -hmm. hinges so much on finding that state of unconditional love, unconditional love for the self that irregardless of what happens, irregardless of what I'm told, irregardless of what I experience, I love the true me. Did you just say irregardless three times? I said irregardless three times. I think that might be like one of those things where if you mention something three times, something magical happens, right? Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> hey, you're a liar. Why? <laughs> so looking at that idea, you know, ultimately it's about looking at is this significant to me? Yeah. Does this become something that's important to me simply because somebody's judging me? Is that significant to me and how I love myself? Mm-hmm. Does this yeah. have a valuable meaning to me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if so, why? And how can I make more of that? Why? <laughs> <laughs> So we mentioned Athena. Let's lean into Athena because she's all about drive. So let's drive on into looking at Athena. Okay. So Athena, your career aspirations, uh, where you want to go. Athena is one of the other masculine leaning goddesses. And only because she embodies several traditionally perceived as masculine traits, including uh, power. She wants power, uh, but not in a feminine way like Hera does, where it's very supplementary association. Athena wants to be the CEO. She wants to rule. She wants to have her own platform. I'm the boss. Everyone listen to me. Very (laughs) calculating. She's the goddess of war and strategy, along with the goddess of wisdom, which I think, you know, they tie in very closely. Mm. Um, But something a lot of people don't really uh, think of or realize, I guess, uh, she's also the goddess of crafts, like arts and crafts. Yeah, Aphrodite is also tied to the arts, but I like to think of it as Aphrodite is more Jackson Pollock, where you're dripping things (laughs) all over the canvas and just going, and having a candle, you know, paint and sips, like, you know, drinking with friends. And then, oh, I painted a flower that looks like a flower. (laughs) Um, Very social. Whereas Athena is more along the lines of Rembrandt. Monet. There's a calculation to the style. You know, Hmm. you could even say Da Vinci because he was so methodical about the anatomy, where things go, how to make that line. You know, even down to what pressure are you making with that line? No, that's too much. You do it again. Athena is remarkable in her diligence. You know, I love looking at all of these different aspects of that Greek mentality where we're looking at such a wide range of balancing and bringing together both those male and female notions, those male-female energies, so they do create a harmonious existence. Looking at Athena, you know, we're looking at those ideas of setting values, having goals, establishing focus and finding purposeful intention, finding those purpose driven Mm -hmm. things in life that bring us value and meaning and rocking it, afraid to rock. Rocking it. (laughs) That's important that you rock it it with that self-confidence. Actually like Athena and Ares, the the God of war um, bloodshed, they would, fight all the time they would argue um it would be you know which one gets to have the most influence you know which which idea should we follow do we do her map or his like weird football chart thing 
Like, what are we doing? But in cases where the the mortals in the myths, such as Jason, Odysseus, like if they wanted to be more strategic, more kind of on the mental spectrum of things, they would go with Athena. Whereas if, if they were driven by anger or any kind of aggressive emotion, of course, they would pick Ares, which usually ended in a, a war or lots of frivolous bloodshed, which, of course, is right up Ares Alley. So often that battle, that war is inside of ourself to discover some of these things mm-hmm. to make sense of. Absolutely. How do we balance some of yeah. these ideas mm-hmm. with the association with do we pinpoint that a person is more reliant or more leaning toward one goddess or another? Is it a state where you learn and move through that? How does that work? You learn to navigate it. It's much like a roadmap. Yeah. So everyone's yeah. roadmap is going to be different. You have different stops along the way. Mm. Some stops may be not as significant as others, depending on the journey. So it's really up to you to decide what your roadmap is going to be. And that's why I'm here to to help with that. Is to kind of help plan, chaperone, if you will. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's got to monitor the heavy petting, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's interesting to look at, not the heavy petting, but the part of looking at those little parts of us inside you. There are so many little children living inside of each of us in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. We so often look at the notion that we try to pinpoint down only one specific way of being and who we are. Mm -hmm. Yet within us, there are so many different characteristics that we have to learn to effectively balance, to effectively bring into existence Mm -hmm. so they aren't moving into that warlike state of chaos and destruction and Self-doubt, all of these things where they are becoming counterproductive Mm -hmm. for us. Exactly, because the goddesses, like any beings, um, can become imbued with animosity toward each other and even animosity toward the host. You know, I say host like it's a matter of possession. (laughs) (laughs) We are all inherently in some way possessed by something. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not in the the, um, alien sense, you know, with Yeah. There again, where are we pitching stigmatism, you know, and where are we going to exercise caution and say, hey, we are all filled with a certain something inside. Yeah. Yeah. And the trick is to give everyone an equal slice of the pie Mm. or as close to equal as possible. Remember, there is no no perfection. And sometimes we have to give up our pie in some way to make sure we're taking care of another. And that brings us the idea of Demeter and family. We are one happy, harmonious family leaning into that. It's a great place to jump into that. Yes, of course. (laughs) I am not a mother myself. I have not born children. I for one, am very scared of the physical changes and pain. I, I don't take yes. pain well. So um, <laughs> uh, Demeter has been so gracious as to teach me kind of supplementary lessons in taking care of things that are reliant on me or you know, beings that are reliant on me, things that I'm responsible for. I've been blessed with the gift of being able to talk to animals in a sense, which is also very Artemisian, you know, you, you basically, when people say I'm a dog mom or I'm a cat mom, we're really not exaggerating. So often we only look at that human notion of family, that, you know, existence where we think we are so separate. Yeah. There is such a larger body of family at work there. Yeah. And what do you do in a family? You provide for each other. You put others' needs above your own. The challenge with Demeter is to not be resentful if someone suddenly decides, hey, I want to go out on my own, or should they forget to recognize you for something, or they forget to thank you, or they attribute your contributions to someone else or something else. The trick is to take that in stride. And to say, hey, I am not swayed by kind of these these 
moral hangups of pride yeah. and, and jealousy. And because it doesn't matter in the scheme of things. Yeah. The thing that matters is that the people learn and the people grow and karma catches up with all that. So if, if they're doing it in a malicious way, like if they're saying, I'm going to purposely leave her out because I don't like the way she did her hair today or something. I love even looking at that notion of karma because karma in and of itself, we get so lost. It We think of the one notion of karma, what you do comes back. Karma is a whole family and body of 21 different universal laws. Most people take that for granted. Ultimately, that karma, that notion is a roadmap instructing us about so many different ways how to find that balance in life. And I think because a lot of people are kind of spiritually, not as spiritually intelligent as they could be in the same vein as emotionally intelligent. There are a lot of chapters that go unread, um, a lot of footnotes that go unstudied. And I'm still learning about that kind of stuff too. I am by no means a spiritual guru or, you know, whatever white people claim to be when they think they know everything about a subject. Sorry, dad. We're all on that journey and at various points in that, you know, we can sometimes rush ahead. Sometimes it takes a while. We look at those notions that all of those experiences we have in life ultimately bring us to a point where we make a choice. We exert a decision and we learn or we do again Mm -hmm. and they come back in a different form. So often if we don't get that move forward, we get the do over. Yeah, that's a centralized theme, a very strong centralized theme in astrological charts, which is another service I provide a uh, mm. chart analysis in perceptuals. Yeah. Karmic lessons are a thing. And if you don't learn the karmic lesson at first, mm. it comes back again and again and again. And in some ways it comes back more potently than it did that it may have done in another lifetime. Or if you're in the same lifetime as the things keep coming back, you know, the lessons keep generating they become more intense. You get more shaken. It it may even be, there may be a point where you're like, why me? Why, why does this keep happening to me? And if you have to ask yourself that. We'll get to that deep here in a minute. As we move on, I've got a point that will bring that back around. Getting caught in some of those notions of self-sabotage, we'll bring that back in a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, there again, let's look at Hera in those partnerships, how we build those relationships that evolve out of those families, out of those connections with others, Mm -hmm. forming strong bonds and relationships with others, because that is such a crucial element in how we experience life and how we move through life. And, you know, because Hera kind of dwells in the social sphere, her lessons are kind of very important for someone who's planning to stay in the social sphere. You know, maybe you're going into entertainment or you're, you're a newscaster of some sort, or you're aligned with a certain company where you need to keep up appearances. Hair is all about keeping up appearances. Your nails done every week. Um, make sure your hair is immaculate, you know, obsessing over skincare because you found a wrinkle. Oh shit. Like every little single thing. Yeah. If, if you're not immaculate, if you're not perfect, people are going to judge you. And hmm. the the onus is on the Hera-like individual to take off that burden from yourself and just relax, just have fun, yeah. just do what you like to do. And if somehow you manage to be intertwined into some kind of regal atmosphere, yeah. people end up revering you for something, then it's it comes from more of an authentic place of gratitude rather than, oh my God how much I sacrificed to be here. Hmm. But it's like, are you really willing to sacrifice your well-being just for status? That to me is an interesting connection with that notion of partnership. Mm -hmm. Are we forming a good partnership with the me that's inside and the me that's outside? Yeah, exactly. You know, the the masculine outside, how we present how we keep up appearances and then the feminine on the inside, the the yin and yang disposition, the dichotomy, how we balance those things, how one thing reflects another. I think sometimes you may not realize it if they're out of sync, you might feel it, but you don't know what it is, but other people can sense it. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 We pick up on all of those energies, whether we know it or not. 
consciously yeah. and subconsciously. Yeah. Subconsciously, so often that gets buried in our darker shadow side of ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're looking at those ideas of integrating and bringing those two energies, male and female, into balance where they are working in partnership. And Hera, the Hera unit can kind of get into some pretty dark stuff, mm. dealing with spousal abuse, domestic abuse, sexual abuse, addiction. Yeah. Hera is not really a light unit per se, because usually the, the people with Hera issues or Hera-centric issues yeah. have a lot of psychological trauma or, or uh, conditioning that needs to be rewired. That's that point where we lean into those partnerships, those family bonds, that reliance on others to find that place to kind of grab hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who are the people that are really willing to look out for you? And what is stopping you from considering those people as your mates, your mm-hmm. family? You know, the guy in the big purple fancy Gucci suit may look really nice. <laughs> he may look really super hot on the cover of a magazine, yeah. but is he willing to support you the same way a guy in a suit from, I don't know, help me out. What's like a less. <laughs> We're both scrambling on it today. <laughs> like a, I don't know. Like Neither one of us are channeling yeah, our no, designers. No, I'm pretty sure they don't sell suits at Walmart. I don't know. Coles. Let's go with Coles. <laughs> I, I think you can go online and find suits at Walmart. You can find about anything okay. through Walmart online. <laughs> eBay. Inherently, you know, where is that value and yeah. judgment line? How much vanity comes into play versus what is truly significant? You know, again, I like to go back to that word, one that we touched on recently in a show. What is significant creates meaning, value, and purpose for us. It nourishes us, keeps us balanced. Right. And why is it significant? What is it in that that lights it up inside of us? And and what is it lighting up inside of us in particular? Does it give you a spark of life? Does it make you want to create? Does it make you want to help others? Does it make you want to serve? Um, does it make you want to work on yourself so that you contribute to the uh, the healing and the the path and the enlightenment of others? Like, what is it? Is there's there's a million different answers, of course. And then the balance of that is this significantly creating all the things that do not. Yeah. Where do we hit that point where we say enough's enough? Yeah. And when, create that self-confidence and love to power through it. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, I've noticed for some people, it's easier than others. Some people can analytically take yeah. a look and say, yeah. I'm doing this and I need to stop doing this because it's impeding me from getting from here to the next level. Whereas yeah. there's other people, myself included, I am very much emotion driven and so it will take me literally to a breaking point yeah. where I feel like my soul needs to shed its skin and come out of a new shell, you know, to, to be a new being, like reinvent. My soul needs to reinvent itself yeah. for me to want to move on and stop self-sabotaging, which is why I identify <laughs> so much with Persephone. Because that's exactly- that leans us right into Persephone. And I think this one is just immensely important because it's so often the toughest concepts for people to move past, to lean into, because we've been taught that it becomes difficult to grasp mm-hmm. how we make effective choices, how we become in charge of ourselves. Yeah, because it really comes down to with Persephone, A, what makes you passionate enough that you blossom on your own? Mm. Side note, Persephone is, she has two titles, goddess of the under, queen of the underworld and the goddess of springtime. Yeah. Springtime, of course, is, you know, flowers and sunshine and <laughs> little birds and Disney princesses. And I kind of thought of her when I was brainstorming from my book because yes. the ground, the underground, the underworld, mm. houses the dirt right? All the stuff that we're scared of, all the stuff. All of our shadow side is down there under the surface of our subconscious mind. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, where you get the, the, the goth subculture, the, the people who stay up all night watching documentaries (laughs) on serial killers or looking at photos of decomposing corpses because they think it's really interesting. Hmm. Not that I do that at all. Um, 
<laughs> there are so many different ways to learn in life. There is. Sometimes there we is. have to look at that shadow. Yeah. And sometimes you, know, you have to scare you know, yourself. We don't know the darkness in ourselves until we see the darkness in others. Yes. So, you know, what you do is you, you grow like the springtime flower out yes. from the underworld. So that's essentially where that metaphor comes from. Um, actually, a, a great movie that I thought of. Um, as we were talking about that just now is as above, so below yes. Yes. is in my face. <laughs> um, you cannot run from the light. Today. No, you can't. You can't because it'll find you. <laughs> yeah. We're looking there, you know, as above, so below mm -hmm. self mastery. Persephone yeah. is the goddess of self mastery. Mm -hmm. This is going to bring us back to the point I mentioned before that idea of self agency. Mm -hmm. I make the choices that govern where I go in life. Ultimately, mm -hmm. we have full power to make those choices in most circumstances. There are circumstances where other people can emotionally, physically, psychologically overpower us and take away that embodiment and that empowerment. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, we have that power to say, I have a choice where I can exercise that will and that power. Mm -hmm. Do you embrace that darkness? Do you turn around and say, hi, let's go? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, do you pull an Orpheus and say, I'm getting out of here as fast as possible <laughs> and I'm going to try to take what I want with me, but you'll always lose it. And that's not to be disingenuous in those circumstances, such as yeah. abuse, any kind of dealing with a narcissistic yeah. energy, which can be a whole nother thing to unravel anything, you know, the bullying, that's not to take away that situation and be disingenuous to it by saying, oh, you simply can make a different yeah. choice. It does say in that moment, we can also choose not to fall into that victim mode. Correct. And it takes people several lessons to learn this or several times to learn this. Some people have to learn it sooner than others, but I, I get kind of annoyed when I see uh, victim blaming, especially from people who used to be victims themselves or uh, women victim blaming other women where it's, it's not as simple as, you know, you, you zap your fingers cause you're a goddess and then the other guy's balls fall off. It's not <laughs> easy. You know, sometimes you, you can't just leave yeah. a house yeah. where you're being abused or you can't just leave an abusive relationship because it's not that simple. So what I'm saying is there comes a time eventually where you realize that you have been a victim of these abusive yeah. actions, thoughts, you know, what have you. But what are you going to do with that inside? Yeah. Because no one else can affect what you do with your mental soup inside how you you know whether or not you are the chef of your own soup yeah <laughs> you let it evaporate um do you add spices to it yeah. do you try to stick something in there so you you can't taste what's really down like what do you do with it and that's where you have to yeah. get rid of the victim mentality because you do have yeah. power yeah and we get caught in those self-sabotaging beliefs, thinking the world or certain people or events are working against us. Mm -hmm. you know, there again, we have the power to at least interact with that. Mm -hmm. And anytime you surrender that belief, it's a hard road to dig down and say, how do we push past this? How do we mm -hmm. find that place, that confidence to effectively yeah. lean into it? That's a scary place. It is a scary place, but you know, it's, it's all in how you look at it. The underworld, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really want to do a video on this. They're like some kind of lesson or class on how Hades is just dragged to shit in our culture. Like, oh, he's, he's evil. <laughs> he's, he's the devil. It's not true. Like, the people that say those things don't know anything about Greek mythology and the fact that Christianity does not magically put an imprint on other religions or other practices. So just because there is a blatant, you know, good figure and blatant evil figure does not mean that translates to other religions, other myths. Yeah. Yeah. And Hades, um, you know, the, the god of, of riches, the god of wealth, there is so much to be to be found in his kingdom. And really, that's that's what it is. It's a kingdom. It's a freaking kingdom. Yeah. You know, there's a palace, there's a throne, there's, but people are scared of it mm. because it's dark, yeah. because it's unknown, 
because not many people go there and come out the same way. There's a great way I like to look at that. That darkness is there Mm -hmm. until we make that choice to simply flip on the switch and turn on a light. Mm -hmm. Sometimes getting to that switch feels like a mountain. It does. It does. And it's why I advocate for group therapy sessions that involve meditation. Maybe you attend a class that's run by someone spiritual and they, they start by saying, let's do a five minute meditation. Everyone surround yourselves with the light of God or you know the light of whatever. Remember that you are a proponent of the light yourself. You are light. You have light. You generate light, whether you like it or not. And when you realize that, when you say, hey, I don't have to try. Mm. To generate light. I just do. It becomes that much easier. It's not something you have to earn. It's not something you have to, you know, trade in or pay for. You innately have light. Mm. You innately are connected to the divine. And all it takes is to just come to terms with it, to to acknowledge it. And that's step one to really exercising your power, coming into yourself, you know. Sometimes we just need a little support from others along the way. Yeah. What are some of the things yeah, you typically do when you're guiding others to find that space to step into who they are? Um, well, it depends on the person for sure. Sometimes I'll recommend art projects. Sometimes I'll recommend self-transformation. A fun thing I like to do with yes. people who are kind of struggling with their their presentation, their physical presentation, <laughs> is to, this is a non-invasive exercise, by the way, experiment with clothing. So, for instance, visiting a thrift store and buying something that you would not normally wear that you find very interesting. Yeah. And trying it on if available at this point. There are some stores that have rooms open, but to a limited degree. Yeah. Such as uh, there's a mm-hmm. Buffalo Exchange. The fitting rooms are open and you only do five items per day. <laughs> so that's that's an option. But basically, you know, you, you go in there and you find something, you're like, oh my God, who would wear this? Oh my God, I wish I could get away with this. Mm-hmm. And you put it on and you look at yourself and you think, how is this changing me? How do I feel? Do I feel repulsed by myself? Do I feel like some weird wish is coming true because I'm actually wearing this right now? And then what exactly is that? How do we analyze that? So a lot of what I actually help people do is analyze. Yeah. Very yeah. good analysis. I'm a Virgo. <laughs> very good. At That's such a great illustration of trying on different ways of being, you know, trying on the different outfits and suits we put on in life. Yeah. If this one isn't serving me, yeah. we can and go in options. and change it up. We can put on that suit of armor that empowers us. We can put on that outfit that makes us feel alive and full of power and energy. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> it's, it's really funny. We, yeah. I think of shoulder pads, you know, those yeah. shoulder pads yeah. from the eighties and nineties where it's, it's the career woman. The power type. suit. Yeah. The that was such a, a big thing in the eighties and early nineties. Exactly. Like I am one of those. How does that make you feel? Do you hate it? Would you hate it if it was a different color? And mm. what about that color makes it special to you? Yeah. You know, and then that's where you get into yeah. combining two goddesses and then working from there. Mm. It's like um, having two people on the same team instead of just one person doing the whole group project by themselves while everyone sits there like on their phones. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So this is an interesting question that comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. When you would identify personally with all of these goddesses, where is the main source for you? Who is the main goddess that you most closely associate with and why? Um, Aphrodite really, really wants me to say her, but I'd say it's a tie between her and Persephone with a good amount of <laughs> Athena on the side. I love that because you are speaking to finding a balance yeah. of energies that truly serve you and truly bring you close to a deeper meaning. Yeah. Actually, you know, and people... People forget about her all the time. And she's someone we didn't talk about, which is like classic textbook, but Hestia. Yeah. <laughs> Hestia is Hades twin, yeah. right? We never, never talk about her. We never realize her. And the thing is, she's okay with that. It's totally fine. She welcomes that. She's like, that's fine. 
it is not necessary for me to be placed on a pedestal or publicly recognized because what she is about is realizing that on the inside you have worth no matter if people see you or not we look at that that's that sense of enlightenment that i am lighting myself up from the inside first and foremost Mm -hmm. And then leaning into developing that strong sense of adventure, curiosity, discovery, becoming more aligned and aware Mm -hmm. of where you work in the world around you, the things you connect with, Mm -hmm. how you exist simply lights up yourself and others. Mindfulness. Yeah. Yeah. Being mindful. Yeah. It's a great lesson to learn. You know, you you light the candle at home. Candles are often associated with cozy nights at home. Um, Having a cozy night of the soul, relaxing (laughs) with some tea (laughs) and fire. Goddess of the hearth and the goddess of the home. So relaxing by the fire or um, doing some knitting by the fire or folding laundry by the fire are all Mm -hmm. excellent Estian activities. There again, we're taking that time to connect with that self-confidence, that self-awareness, that truth, and just simply sitting with that light within. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where can our listeners go to connect with you, Lucy, and help discover some of this light that you share in finding that Greek goddess, that great goddess within us all? Well, uh, a lot of the kids these days are on Instagram. Yes. And so I'll mention that first. Um, the Instagram is Persephone's Jewels. And, you know, for those of us who are a little more research oriented or, you know, just kind of <laughs> not as Gen Z, com is the website. Awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. And where can we find out more about your book, The Dirt? The Dirt is available on Amazon. I will be including a section about The Dirt on the Persephone Stools website because, spoiler alert, I'm working on a workbook, like a physical workbook that will be a reflection of the Persephone Stools program. And I kind of want to introduce that by saying this is the predecessor, The Dirt. So. If you go to Amazon and you search The Dirt, Lucy Smith, it should come up. Otherwise, uh, yeah, there's links on Instagram and soon to be the website. Awesome. This has been such a fun and insightful new look at how to view some of these things we typically deal with. It has been really fun and refreshing to get in touch with those more feminine rooted energies that as a male, I so often take for granted and neglect. So I thank you for that today. Reminding me that I have a connection and relationship to those goddesses inside of me. That takes some bold manhood to lean into, I think. Absolutely. And if I may ask you, uh, which one or ones did you resonate with the most based on our conversation? I would have to say, based on our conversation, based on where I currently am present, Mm -hmm. I would have to say Demeter is strong Mm -hmm. right now because Mm -hmm. I am so deeply rooted right now in this notion of building family relationship, bonds, community connections in all that we do. That has become a very crucial drive for me as I move into some of the more seasoned elements of my life, moving into my 50s as an adult. I would say Mm -hmm. from a recent numerology reading I got, second to that would be Persephone and that idea of Mm -hmm. self-mastery. The light inside is a strong 7-7 in its numerology and name, symbolizing that strong mastery of the creative force. Mm -hmm. That to me was such a revelation. What are we creating that becomes that strong family bond that leads us to that light inside? Yeah. And the seven and seven, you add seven and seven, you get 14. Four plus one is five. And five is chaos. It's the spark of creation. Five is a very fiery number. (laughs) I think you're you're on to creating something for yourself. And what does fire do it? provides light, warmth, heat if we're managing Mm -hmm. it in a healthy, aware balance. And it can inspire. If we let it get out of control, what does it do? It can turn to chaos. (laughs) It can burn it down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there again, where do we find our balance? I'm going to leave that for our thought for the day. Where do we find our balance? I want to thank you again for sharing this conversation with me. I'd love to have you come back again and look at some of these different angles. Sure. I'd love to come back and maybe look at the book a little deeper. Sure. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you. I am so glad you joined me for this conversation. Yes, thank you so thank much. You. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Sounds good. Self-confidence is the best outfit. Rock it and own it. Self-mastery is to truly integrate with and embody self-confidence. Absorb what is useful. Discard what is not. Add what is uniquely your own and embrace the goddess inside. Lao Tzu tells us, Knowing others is intelligence. Knowing yourself is true wisdom. Wisdom and knowledge of ourselves brings us mastery. The greatest worth is self-mastery. Lucy and I shared some golden nuggets today. Now we want to know what you plan to turn into gold from today's episode. Leave us a message at www.thelightinside.us or tag us on social media at The Light Inside Podcast, sharing what inspired you the most in this episode. We are grateful to be able to continue helping you, our valued listening community, discover your light inside. Remember to continue to support the growth of our program by sharing feedback or leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you find your favorite show. Sharing with others why you enjoy our program here at The Light Inside. Joining us next week is cancer survivor and motivational coach Lori Marini as we share a conversation discussing how you can leverage adaptive positive psychology to develop emotional stamina. Tune in to find out how on The Light Inside.